stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So tomorrow marks three weeks to the day to the uh, deadline set by Kinder Morgan for having some kind of clarity around the future of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Now, I don't know if people are feeling any more or less optimistic about this since Kinder Morgan first announced that they were going to, to set this deadline. There's not a lot of progress that we can necessarily point to here. But maybe there's more going on than we realize. Now, we've got two very different predictions on what's going to happen here. And I wonder who you're more inclined to believe. Federal Natural Resources Minister Jim Carr saying he is absolutely certain Canada and Kinder Morgan will come to a financial agreement that will convince the company to proceed with the project. We've also got, however, Vancouver's mayor, Gregor Robertson who said in an interview yesterday in New York, quote, I don't think this project will go. I really don't, based on the resistance on the ground. And, of course, that's another issue here. Now, Kinder Morgan has spoken with the court challenges as creating uncertainty. Even if we can deal with that, there is still the issue of the so-called resistance on the ground. But you heard in, in Jim Carr's comment, he mentions a financial agreement. Kinder Morgan is facing uncertainty. They're not sure they want to pour billions of dollars into this. Is there a way that government can help alleviate that? Provide some financing, take a stake in this project. Do we want to go down that path? Well, an interesting idea has been proposed that might be a logical place for the Canada Infrastructure Bank to make its first investment. I mean, people are kind of puzzled as to what this Canada Infrastructure Bank is supposed to be. But I guess if we have it, maybe this kind of thing would make sense. Joining us to talk a bit more about the idea is uh, Benjamin Dacus, Associate Research, Associate Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute, cdhow.org. Ben, thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so wh- what is the Canada Infrastructure Bank supposed to, to be for anyway? Well, I'll take a quote directly from their website, which is that it's a crown corporation that uses federal support to attract private sector and institutional investment into new uh, revenue-generating infrastructure projects uh, in Canada or partly within Canada uh, that are in the public interest. And if you take a look at that definition, the Kinder Morgan project uh, fits squarely in that. Let's take a couple of of key points there. Uh, First of all is the question of whether it's in the public interest. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Ottawa's approval of it uh, and National Energy Board's approval made that pretty darn clear. Uh, when it comes to revenue, gener- uh, whether it's going to generate revenue, once it's up and running, it's going to be totally self-financing. It's not going to require any kind of long-term government support uh, to build, uh, once it's built. So the real question just becomes, is the thing going to get built? And that's where uh, the government has to, or is going to likely have to have some kind of uh, uh, role to play. Uh, there's one, you know, there's one thing to say uh, is going to come in and make very clear uh, that it's got the jurisdiction and we'll make sure that uh, Kinder Morgan gets all the approvals. But it's another thing to make sure that Kinder Morgan still has the right bottom line incentive uh, to follow through with it. And the, and the bank can provide a number of tools uh, for Kinder Morgan to go ahead. 
there doesn't seem to be a market failure here. I mean, there's a, obviously a case to be made for this pipeline. There's um, revenue to be generated by this pipeline. And, and even as you, you said, the, the infrastructure bank describes itself as something uh, to help drive revenue-generating infrastructure projects. So wh- where's the case, though, for government involvement if these are revenue-generated projects to begin with? So I think that's actually that is the exact key question. Is there a market failure here? Uh, if it were just a purely free market, uh, and there was enough money for enough money in it for Kinder Morgan, with with not you know not a heck of a lot of risk uh, imposed by governments, uh, and it made it made sense for it to go ahead on its own, it should, the government shouldn't get involved. But Kinder Morgan is now facing risks that are inherently from governments, uh, the BC government in particular. And that's the kind of risk that only other governments can kind of, can, uh, in, particular, in particular, the federal government can come in with, and 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 handle. So that's on the risk side. But there's a bigger argument about what Kinder Morgan's incentives are, as opposed to the society-wide incentives. So Kinder Morgan just wants to make money on its pipeline. It doesn't care that if it doesn't uh, invest in its pipeline, that there are going to be lots of jobs lost in Alberta, or the Alberta government's going to lose a lot of uh, potential, potential royalty revenues because of a um, uh, you know, lower oil price. It doesn't care that the federal government is going to see lower corporate income taxes or other income taxes because uh, it decides not to invest in, the, in a pipeline. It just wants to make money on that pipeline. And if it's not going to, and, and the, what we have to do, we have to make sure that um, you know, there's a, enough of a social benefit that is in Kinder Morgan's bottom line that it goes ahead with the project. But at the same time, we don't want to totally take it over because that's a, a big risk of, of taxpayer dollars. We want to make sure we balance that risk of, of taxpayer dollars with um, uh, subsidizing or, or providing uh, support to Kinder Morgan to the extent necessary for it to build this project. Now, Kinder Morgan, it's interesting because they haven't specifically asked for any kind of financial assistance, but they've spoken to the, the financial risk that they're leery about taking right now. So how does the involvement of the Canada Infrastructure Bank, do you think, address their concerns? Well, so what what we can do with the Canada Infrastructure Bank is allow for a little bit of a buffer between the government itself and Kinder Morgan. Because the last thing that we want is for governments to be in the pipeline business. If you start adding political involvement to daily operating and building decisions, that's going to bog down the product. We just don't want that. Uh, and nor should the government support be unlimited. If Kinder Morgan demands too much, then Ottawa uh, should be able to walk away. Uh, but political political masters might just be too um, have, too strongly committed, like in some of their language, to making sure that Kinder Morgan goes ahead with this pipeline. So we need to have an independent third party, uh, sufficiently independent but still backed by Ottawa, uh, that kind of uh, kind of party to come in and negotiate. And that's where the Canada Infrastructure Bank has that nice nice degree of independence, but also at the same time, financial backing from the government. So th- this would be a loan, would it? Uh, loan, a loan would be the best option. Again, we don't want to see an equity investment. We don't want to see uh, the, the, any kind of government in Canada, whether it's provincial or federal, uh, involved in the day-to-day operations of, of, a, of, a, of a pipeline. And nor is that really where the risks are. No, that's not really where the, the, the financial disconnect comes. The financial disconnect comes in the construction phase, uh, where there's a lot of uncertainty about whether Kinder Morgan will ever get uh, the uh, right approvals or how long the court process is going to take. And those are the sorts of uh, risks that are caused by government, and government should therefore uh, come in and try to try to uh, have a financial 
incentives to, to counteract that. But if the project doesn't go ahead, would Kinder Morgan still be on the hook for repaying that loan? So this, this becomes a, a big question. It probably should um, still be on the hook for repay, repaying this loan because the loan is contingent on uh, the the, the um, uh, you know the project going ahead. The uh, the, the benefits to, to society are contingent on it going ahead. So there are ways that ways that this should be structured uh, along those lines. So there's still some some risk for the company here, right? And there and there should be. Uh, yeah. the, the most most of the risk uh, should still be on the company, but at the same time, taxpayers uh, do have the ability to to backstop that to the extent that there are risks that are also being borne by taxpayers. There are risks being borne by the, the, the taxpayers of Alberta, that taxpayers across Canada, that this pipeline doesn't get built, uh, and that that risk is lower lower job growth, uh, lower uh, revenues for things like schools or hospitals or or any other um, uh, nationals or, or any other service that we have and there is an appropriate degree of uh, risk sharing between the company and and governments now the canada uh, infrastructure bank as you point out in your piece they, they they don't have a ceo in place now i'm wondering what the decision making process is and does the prime minister have the ability to simply direct the infrastructure bank uh to get involved in a certain project so it, uh, my understanding is that the bank uh generally does not take um, so the, the legislation is pretty vague and this gets into the question of, of a corporate plan as well but the more fundamental problem right now is that the appointment of a CEO uh, has gotten bogged down in the absolute absolutely painful situation that uh, all, all sort of uh, government appointments are getting into of the of the appointments process and the, and the, the governor and council uh, a process for putting in place these kinds of uh, senior people. It's just been painfully slow. It's been almost a year since legislation was passed, and we still don't have a CEO at the bank. And, and if the bank is tasked with getting this project uh, uh, underway, if, if, this, if there is a proposal to the bank for this, this becomes a pretty good light under the fire of both the board of the bank and the government to, to get on with it in terms of setting up the bank. Well, certainly an interesting option, Ben. Uh, more at cdhow.org. We'll leave it there for now, but uh, really appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks for this. My pleasure. Take care. Benjamin Dakis is Associate Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute. So it says it's a way for the government to kill two birds with one stone by bolstering the bank and supporting the construction of this pipeline. I mean, I don't know that we needed the Canada Infrastructure Bank in the first place, and I think a lot of people are still puzzled as to why this exists. But Ben makes an interesting case. The mandate of the bank is pretty clear. As a crown corporation, use federal support to attract private sector and institutional investments to new revenue-generating infrastructure projects in Canada that are in the public interest. So you got some boxes checked off here. But is this what Kinder Morgan is looking for? Would this be enough to to reassure them? It might depend on, on the terms of all of this. But as Kinder Morgan has said, we're at the point now with the project where it's going to require an injection, a significant injection of funds. With all of the uncertainty around the project, Kinder Morgan is reluctant to to pour its own money into it. And obviously, that's a risk that shareholders might not be prepared to take either. If the Canada Infrastructure Bank can step in and say, "Okay, well, we'll inject the funds for now get you through this period, uh, and and then once we get, hopefully, to the successful completion of this project, then you can pay that money back. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.